everyone, and welcome to GagCast, a podcast all about RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Richard. Richard, are you excited to talk about the Bossy Rossi show? I am. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, dude. It sounds like. Well, I don't like American TV shows, so the Bob- Bobby Rossi show was like kind of a miss for me, but I am excited to talk about basically everything else and also the show but i yeah you know personal taste that shit personality yeah i am super super excited to talk about the bossy rossi show because ross (laughs) matthews is just one of my absolute favorites i love him when he's on the judging panel i think he's so cute and so funny i just want to like squeeze him and pinch his cheeks so to see him host like a maury slash jerry springer slash whatever the hell else daytime talk show you want to smoosh in there man he did a great job he was so funny like i oh. have a surprise for you <laughs> like, oh God, i was so getting <laughs> i was getting very big jeremy carl vibes like the uk version of whatever the american i don't uh, know what I came see. first Jeremy Kyle or Jerry Springer? <laughs> I honestly first? do not know, but uh, we'll Who get knows? there in a second because what we're talking about is the main challenge. So uh, we should talk about the mini challenge before we go too far. So uh, the mini challenge was to drag up all of the contents from Army issue duffel bags and turn themselves into an amazing Army of Fierce Drag Queens. So they were each given a duffel bag. I was not blown away by a lot of these looks. And uh, that being said, though, yeah. that it was like um, quick drag with a bag of materials. Um, like nothing was meant to be polished. It was just like, what could you pull together? And we didn't learn. Like normally, Rue will say, you've got 30 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever, like get into quick drag. We didn't actually get a time on this one. There were a couple, like I believe even, uh, they showed Eureka sewing. So there was a little bit of time. But definitely not a lot of time. This wasn't like main challenge amount of sewing. So um, they had to pull together an outfit from what was in the duffel bag. And even then, I found a lot of them were just. Bland. Good. Yeah. They were Um, bland. Like a tank top and shorts was like and like cropped short shorts (laughs) was was what a lot of the outfits looked like. The only one that stood out for me was Cameron. and honestly, that's not saying much because kind of it all looked the same. He just had like a nice shape, and it stood out. I yeah, can remember Cameron's, the outfit. Cameron did have shape. Cameron had a uh, like cut off short booty shorts with like a uh, almost sports bra type. Um, it almost looked like he took a tank top and then like twisted it once, and then put the other arm over his other arm to kind of like give this tie in the middle sort of a look. Uh, he looked. But it was he very looked like broad. one of those. Yeah, he looked like one of those generals in like a Europop video where it's like a female general and you can just see her tits. But yeah. you know she's in the army. That's what it was. Yes. Um, I liked. I liked the grenade earrings as well. Those Me were nice. too. I think there was um, three queens, I believe, that I can remember that had grenade earrings, and I thought they were super, super cute. I really liked mm. them on on all of them. I thought that was that was really awesome. <laughs> But uh, for me, there was Asia, Mayhem, and Cracker all stood out to me visually. And I know uh, we're probably going to talk about it when we talk about the runways, too. I tend to, I think I've even mentioned it on the show before, that I tend to enjoy 
skirts more than suit. pants. <laughs> well, yeah, not a bodysuit. Like, let's just stop <laughs> with the bodysuits. But um, I just I like the the look and the silhouette of a skirt as opposed to uh, pants. So for mm-hmm. me, I think uh, Asia technically she did have pants on, but she was very very purple, and she did this really cool like. Um, lit all the way down the front of her top sort of thing so you could see her breastplate underneath and like I thought she did a really good job and she had like everything was like purple so even though she was wearing shorts she still had like shorts with like big like come fuck me boot heels and like (laughs) she yeah just she looked awesome I thought these are the boots I wear to store money and after my gigs. Yeah, those, those types of ones. Yeah. And um, then uh, I remember Cracker standing out as well. And again, it's because she had a skirt. And I felt like um, the ones that maybe did skirts, so Mayhem, even though Mayhem looked less polished, but it was supposed to be a less polished thing. Um, Mayhem and Cracker did skirts and I thought looked really good. And... Cracker, I couldn't believe what her outfit looked like compared to some of the other ones because hers, I thought, looked the most <laughs> polished. And I was just like, where did you even get all this fabric from? Because a lot of these girls looked like they just only had a T-shirt and a pair of they shorts did, to work with. Uh, they did the army training course. They had to crawl underneath that wire and they got up and they took like the wire net with them. And that was the end of the dress. That's, that's what a, it was like for me. Yeah, well, that's what Mayhem's headpiece actually had barbed wire in it. And I was like, Damn, like, yeah, the, she put some thought in. She had a skirt, she had a headpiece. Like, a lot of the other ones I just thought came out in, in almost nothing and, and looked like it, they could have just pulled it straight out of the bag. Uh, so I was surprised when it came down to Vixen winning. She didn't stand out for me at um, all. It was it was a victory, I feel, mostly just to make the most contentious character have a place of power and be able to pick the teams. That's... The only reason I can see for her winning because there was winning, 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 because there was absolutely, I had no, could not found a reason why she won over someone like Cracker or Cameron. I mean, and the, and the other bit, like the mini challenge is not really worth much apart from giving that person, maybe not even an advantage, just like a way to change up the main challenge. So I didn't put too much thought into it. Um, none of the costumes really stood out for me apart from Cameron, but at the same time, Vixen winning, I felt it was just the directors or the producers going, well, she has people she dislikes and she dislikes everyone, so why don't we have her make the pairs? That's yeah. why I felt she won. I didn't feel it was based off anything. But then again, the mini challenges, like you got some of them where they go, oh yeah, your your country outfit really made us kicking hail bales. And then for this one, they're just like, the Vixen wins. Yeah, I feel like uh, there for some reason this season, it seems like they're the producers or like the leaning on the drama is it's a lot more heavy handed than it has been in the past, because I used to feel like you could pretty much decide for yourself or predict who was going to win a lot of the challenges. It might be kind of close between two or three different queens for different challenges, but you usually could pick the top two or three and it was nine times out of 10 based on just pure talent. And like, yes, they did the best. And that was very obvious. And I find with this season quite often we've had things that seem to be done just drama for drama's sake. And I think you're right. This was one of those times where it's like, although it also probably feels a lot like that just because it's 
surrounding like it's um usually surrounds fixin and she just is drama so i feel like it possibly just stands out a little bit more because it has something oh, with yeah. her so yeah, uh, but totally. yeah you're right like they, it was, this totally felt like it was done for it's drama's just... sake it's just a conspiracy theory. I have no reason as to why she won. Therefore, you know, the it's a conspiracy thing, theory. The only thing that I can think of is when Rue was reading from that clipboard, it very much seemed like, well, first of all, it very much seemed like he was reading. And I'm wondering <laughs> if they made up their own bios and that I part got judged. Because if they yeah. did, I thought Vixen's bio was actually really fucking hilarious. So it was pretty. It was pretty thematic as well, which is was. like point of the challenge. I am getting some. And she hammed it up not... on the runway, right? Like, so yeah. if you don't look at her outfit, but just look at the bio and look at what she did when she was on the runway, I thought that her performance was quite strong, and I can see why she would win. But they didn't tell us that piece of information in the actual show, so I'm I'm just a little bit unsure about um that. But I could see that being the reason for for her winning. At the end her of the day, it was half decent and her bio was really yeah. funny. That's the thing, though. A lot of these people who are winning competitions, I'm like, you weren't the star for me. Yeah. And it's not like... Uh, it's subjective we'll too, though, right? <laughs> we'll talk about this later. Yeah, but, you know, it's my reality. So. <laughs> <laughs> my reality is better than your reality. <laughs> I am Symmetra. My reality is perfect. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the mini challenge. It doesn't... Yeah really matter much um especially this season it might have mattered a bit more in later seasons at least i think it did but maybe it's also because in season 10 i'm doing this podcast now so i have a lot more subjective and critical view of the show i yes. guess <laughs> you're not just sitting back and being entertained you are trying to yeah 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 it's, a, it's definitely a different way of consuming media when you start to do podcasts about things it not necessarily takes the enjoyment out of it, but it's a different way of looking at the content because you do have to have more of a critical eye. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can't just cream over cracker all day. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, you could, but that would leave. Well, me I a lot could, of, but I'd have to carry you through a lot of these shows. Yeah, I would have five five words to say. Cracker makes me cream. Lol. <laughs> and then that would be about it. You know, that would be my contribution to the oh, show. Oh god. So. <laughs> But it's very nice, like, especially because the episodes are now long now, which is probably the best thing about the season is they're really ramping up the amount of time they spend with the show, mm -hmm. which is lovely because obviously it's meeting a demand that's rising. I think yes. this will be the most watched season of Drag Race ever. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a total mind blank. <laughs> Army. Grenades were cool. Yes. <laughs> cool. So let's move on to the main challenge. And as you mentioned, uh, the point of the winning of the mini challenge was to pair queens off in a challenge to test their improv skills on the set of a new talk show hosted by Ross Matthews called Bossy Rossi. And so each pair of queens was given a different segment of the show, like a different uh, gimmick to make fun of. And so Vixen paired off all the queens. She put uh, herself with Asia, which I think was a good choice. I mean, Asia, yes. I think, is very, very strong. And especially when there was going to be some level of costuming, uh, they didn't, again, they didn't really tell us how much costuming was involved, but they definitely all had a set of props to work with. So I think choosing Asia was, a, was probably a very good idea. There's a couple of other strong people you could have picked, but Asia was a good choice. Um, then Blair St. Clair was paired up with Monique Hart. Oh, sorry, and their topic. 
Vixen and Asia got Why Are You So Obsessed With Me. Uh, mm. Blair St. Clair and Monique Hart were paired up and got the topic of I Married a Cactus. The Monet, cactus gay, yeah. yeah. Monet Exchange and Cameron Michaels were paired up and they ended up with My Freaky Addiction is Ruining My Life. Uh, Ms. Cracker mm. was paired up with Mayhem Miller who and they together did Save Me From My Deadly Fear of Pickles. Best one. Yeah. Just and, saying. Well, Best yeah, but one. you're also totally cracker biased. <laughs> I'm coming for cracker. Lol. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we had Eureka and Aquaria paired up in the drama moment of the episode was Vixen pairing up the only two that were left. How convenient. Mm. Ha ha. Mm. Um, so Eureka and Aquaria, who Vixen has had problems with in past episodes, mostly on Untucked, but not only on Untucked. Uh, she ended up pairing up Eureka and Aquaria and they got, look at me, I'm a sexy baby. And Which is the perfect ch- choice for these two, by the way. I feel this really backfired. Exactly. exactly. And although um, Vixen didn't have any say over who got what it ah, to perform in, a, she just There's did another the layer to this. Yes, yeah. yeah, she just did the pairing. So um, I wonder if he made it up on the fly. <laughs> I don't know. That would be great. Um, But yeah, so Eureka, honestly, if she didn't win the challenge called Look at Me, she was never going to win a challenge. Like, Mm. honestly, it was uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but um, it was the perfect challenge for these two. And uh, while we're talking about it, yeah, let's just talk about them first. Like, yeah, we'll we'll work our way back out of her. Yeah, but Vixen went like out of her way to pair these two in uh, an effort to weaken them because they're both uh quite very opinionated eureka loves to talk and hates being interrupted been interrupted all the time aquaria loves being the glam light and um you know just being out there in front and that annoys a few queens so they're not really attitudes that mix well together i mean they're not attitudes that mix well with positive attitudes but maybe the negative and negative made a positive it seems to be that way anyway when we go into the actual uh, the Bossy Rossi show. Is exactly. Rossi that bossy? I don't really think so. <laughs> I mean, it does rhyme. The it Rossi. Does rhyme, yeah. Tossy. Yeah, it's the only one that works, really. The only yeah. adjective that's real. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Eureka, she, I mean, I do give her props very much for coming out essentially naked because, I mean, mm. she is a larger queen and she's on the stage next to Aquaria, who's a fucking stick. So, a, I can. A twink. <laughs> one could say so it's the fact that uh she was you know not only almost naked on screen but then also next to a very 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 skinny person um i can see how that would be potentially very difficult to do so i do give eureka props for that for that uh kind of confidence that she showed but like i think feel like she's really one note like all she does is look at me and throw tantrums and so being a giant baby and throwing a tantrum while it was funny it wasn't really out of character it wasn't particularly uh intellectual it was like Mm. yeah you're just you're just making a spectacle of yourself like it's not even the first time that she's been down on the floor in a skit trying to go for the like physical comedy gag and uh, yeah, I think if you take physical comedy away, like if you made Eureka just sit in a chair, she she's not very funny. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing for me is when Aquaria, 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 Aquaria and Eureka came out, I didn't really, the looks were very baby. I was very happy to see Eureka doing something new. And I think that's a comment I could say for a few of these other queens, mm-hmm. especially um, Manet, who's been in the bottom a few times, is trying something new and taking risks and going through with them and making them work. Like, I haven't seen her come out in really showing any skin at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people don't care. Like, people know. It's not you're hiding, like, oh, and I take my shirt off and there's an extra few kgs. Like, no one cares. <laughs> it's not a surprise, you know. Yeah. So I was very, very happy to see us do something different. And until Eureka started actually having that baby tantrum and stuff, my main criticism of these two was, you look like a baby, but I'm not really feeling the baby stuff. And then when Eureka started having that little baby temper tantrum, like, you know, you're going shopping, you're looking at cereals and there's a fucking baby crying in the background and it's just ruining the selection. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. So I thought Eureka actually did really well. Again, it was the perfect challenge for her. It was about individuality and having people look at you because that's what babies do when they have a tantrum yeah. is they want attention. So it was perfect for her. My main criticism was she was being a, too much, a bit too much Eureka and I didn't really get the whole challenge vibe until the end of it. So yeah, and I great felt performance that, for Eureka, I thought, but not for Aquaria. Almost, it was almost the opposite I felt with Aquaria. I mean, I was bored through the most part, like especially once Eureka got onto the stage, Aquaria very much faded into the background. Although I did like the kind of dialogue that they created about how, you know, at first they were just big, sexy babies, but then there was the whole drama of like, oh, yeah. Aquaria actually stole Eureka's husband and they figured that out on stage. And I thought that was like, really well done for them um, they bounced off each other well which they is did good to see. but i felt like aquaria at the beginning for the first like two or three sentences that she said used a baby voice and i thought i was like Hello. yes <laughs> and then, but yeah. she dropped it and i was like no you should have leaned into oh, that yeah. like even more like i had a double look blink. A little baby like even more like that like talk more like that i think would have really really helped her case but yeah like she mm, just she, i totally agree she faded Holy back shit. into being just aquaria and being like just <laughs> leaning on her looks and it, it just didn't work she very much she so, got super boring super fast she was like hello was and then she sat down and was like so hi Aquaria. yeah my name's aquaria and i'm like wait what who are you <laughs> i yeah. thought you were coming out as like grown-up baby yeah like um benjamin button i thought you were gonna benjamin button me but no <laughs> uh so next up we had i married a cactus with blair st Clair and monique hart and i've got to say like blair is someone i'm starting to really worry about because i feel like blair is uh again leaning on just being blair and mm. we saw another like your sort of uh, figure with like all covered up and very vintage looking, very churchy. Vintage and, American fallout. Yeah, exactly. Or look before the apocalypse. Yeah. And, yeah. I was just like, I yeah, like Blair, you're really. Um, and I, you could have been anyone going into I Married a Cactus. It's really wide open. And why uh, wasn't she a gardener? That's what I didn't get. That could have been, like yeah, Gardner. like there there are so many different ways. The And she just went with the, oh, we met at the country club. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I met him outside in the desert. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit, uh, even even if she'd come looking in like desert safari gear and be like, 
he was my only uh my only out my only companion through the, my time lost in the desert and i couldn't mm. leave him there so i brought him home with me and married him like there's so many other things you could do other than just Whoa. well i found him in the corner of a country club like it i just... found him in my pantry and i watered him yeah, it cool. just seemed really, I mean, uh, it was a little bit boring. I mean, the prick jokes were funny, but like the first prick joke was funny. Then she did it two or three other times and it wasn't as funny. And she also became very quiet once Monique came out on stage. Although they did have the... Overshadowed a lot. Yeah. Overshadowed a lot. I mean, before we go on to sure. um, Monique, I just want to say about Blair, the whole character, you know, there was a story there, but I, I feel that she just, no matter what character, like we're saying, or it could have been a gardener, she could have been like someone from the, uh, traveling through the desert and found this perfect cactus of a man and left a man for this desert cactus or some shit. I don't know. But the thing is, if you're not comfortable enough with your, with your character and being emotional and basically being what Monique was with her character, mm -hmm. then it's not going to work and you just get overshadowed and I'm going to have a coughing fit. So I'm going to meet myself. All right. I'm going to continue then talking about Monique because I felt like as soon as Monique came out on stage, Blair was very, very overshadowed and Monique obviously was very, very fluent in Jerry Springer because they had a very oh, yeah. interesting and funny interaction when they started yelling fucking Vanji. But yeah. the ripping off of the wigs and the throwing of the Bibles was hilarious. Like that, that's when it really yeah. started to ramp up. But it was difficult um, through that first part when Monique came out. The only that like I felt they could have taken it a little bit further because while they were having that like drag out fight, they could have knocked over the cactus. And I felt like mm. if yeah, Monique had knocked over the cactus. That would have been Blair's in to just take it so far and start absolutely sobbing and yelling at Monique for killing her husband and, you know, all that kind of stuff that that could have been the extra step for Blair. And uh, and they didn't go there. So that was a little bit, I think, a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think Blair missed a lot of opportunities here and she went she, with a really safe route and uh, she she was very get, content. She's going to get in trouble for that, I think, sooner rather mm -hmm. than later. I think um, she's only got another queen or two that I think might potentially be below her. And uh, yeah, so she's she's going to start being in the bottom in the next few weeks, I think. And I hope she gets mm -hmm. some critiques and she kind of comes out of her comfort zone. I'm looking forward to when we have like whittled down the queens enough that everyone's getting criticisms every week because i think there's yeah some things it's the best blair, part eh? yeah blair needs to hear so blair needs to hear that she's uh she's playing it safe and she can't play it safe anymore so i look forward to that happening because i do think she's adorable and i do think yeah. that she has a lot to bring I, to the competition i do like her but one thing i noticed about this challenge in particular was because it was something so out there and it was like a live show um every single uh team i felt started off at least shaky yes and then yeah. as it progressed to the end and they got more comfortable and they were there for a few minutes and it's like the audience didn't like that joke but they're not trying to like stab me with a pitchfork you know um once right, they got the comfort more comfortable level, with the it comfort level yeah. went up over time yeah and sure. i noticed like even the weakest ones for me um which i think i put down as like honestly the vixen in asia 
it got a lot better as it went along. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a pattern we saw with all the queen combos. Queen combos, queen duos. (laughs) I agree. Uh, Next up, we had my freaky addiction is ruining my life with Monet Exchange and Cameron Michaels. So Monet Exchange's addiction was that she ate hip pads and Cameron Mm. Michaels was that she sniffed tucking panties and Monet came out first. She was so boring and she had a cake and a cake. I, I didn't get the cake part. I didn't oh. either. She was talking about baking cakes for queens or something. And Michelle got the critique so on point later on in the episode when she yeah. was like, you brought the cake out. It looks just like, you know, ground up hip pads. Why didn't you serve it to Ross and then talk about how it was hip pads? Like, you know, you could have done so much more with that. And she just didn't yeah. take it anywhere. It's like the cake didn't make sense with any of the other stuff that then she went to talk about. and then. She's supposed to be obsessed and addicted to eating her hip pads. And she just sat there with it on her lap for the whole time after. And just ate it going, hmm, that's nice. Yeah. Versus Cameron, who I'm a little bit worried about because I think he might actually have an addiction in real life because he (laughs) did the addict thing down to a T. Like the... I can't let go of it. It's always in my hand and I just need another hit. Mm. And then when I take it, it's like, I might as well be coming on stage because that's how good it is. That's how, that's what addiction yeah. feels like. So I, I mean, mean, it's, it's definitely over exaggerated. Yes. But I, I, I know you're supposed like, to go overboard hand. on a challenge like He's, this. It's all yeah, about yeah, yeah, improv yeah, yeah. and comedy. Yeah. But, but what I'm coming back to, like it, ne- it needs to be over exaggerated. That's the whole point of the, the drag race. Right? Yes. Is, <laughs> seeing how seeing how far you can take your ideas but we're just dialing it back a bit there were the subtle things like the way he cradled the item in his Mm. hands on his lap and the way he just cut out the conversation to because addiction is like a as a compulsion thing you have a compulsion to do something and then you feel the need to do it so he he'd he'd stop he'd stop with the conversation and he fulfilled the compulsion which was to sniff a tacking panty (laughs) Um, which visual which is so the humor. funny yeah oh there's, there's a lot of humor with it but also for me um you know it was it was pretty much on point with like it, basically he, he compared monet to cameron and cameron was just like an infinitely better version of what monet was trying to do yeah and i was so impressed by cameron in this challenge because especially the way that it was edited leading up to the challenge, they definitely made it look like Cameron was going to fall so flat because we haven't seen a mm. whole lot of personality or a whole lot of screen time. Even doesn't in terms talk. of um, the interviews, they talk. haven't even showed <laughs> any of the like aside interviews with Cameron the way they've showed most of the other girls. So I found that, that to be really interesting and telling. I'm glad that she showed some personality because I was getting a little bit worried. I'm like, we have never seen a drag race winner who is so quiet and so reserved to the point that the other Queens are talking about how she never talks. And <laughs> like, yeah. so, you know, I was kind of, I was really worried that a challenge like this was going to get the better of Cameron. And I think we're probably either next episode or the episode after probably coming into snatch game. So I'm, I now have hope oh, that's that gonna Cameron's going to make it through Snatch oh, Game. Oh my goodness. Because I thought, yeah. you know, she she does have personality. She is funny. She can come out of her shell on camera. And so I was really proud of her this episode. I thought she did amazing. Yeah, the thing about Cameron I love is that 
she is in the workroom. He's conservative. He doesn't speak his mind much. I'm sure he has opinions, but he keeps him to himself. He talks nicely to the other queens. He hasn't started or been involved in any drama. Yeah. But regardless of his personality, he meets or he, he tries to meet apart from that end of days app or whatever it was, he tries to meet all the challenges yeah. and he succeeded. So I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, happy to see Cameron doing really well in this competition because yeah. he's one of my favorites. Mine too. Uh, next up we had Ms. Cracker and Mayhem Miller doing Save Me From My Deadly Fear of Fickles. With Ms. <laughs> Cracker starring as the psychiatrist to help Ms. Mayhem get over her fear of pickles. Mayhem, man, she was flat. She was mm. really boring, really boring. I literally have she, the same comment for Aquaria as I have for Mayhem, as I have for Monet Exchange, which is just the boring. same amount of O's. Wow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a shame. I mean, Mayhem to me is just really conserved and conserved. <laughs> she's not she's not a jam. Um, she's conservative. Um, she like tries getting out there and then just brings herself back in. I yeah. mean, I liked her being a bit more expressive, but it was a miss. It was a total miss. She just couldn't. She just couldn't. She. Was, I feel she was always self doubting herself. Yeah, and I felt um, like she had a lot of the same reactions to whatever. Like Miss Cracker kept trying to throw her some interesting lines and. All Mayhem could really do was just say, oh, get away from me. Oh, get away from me. That sort of thing. Like, and it wasn't so much a phobia, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Um, it was a comic relief sort of. I just didn't oh, believe. I didn't like pickles. I didn't, yeah, exactly. I just I just really didn't believe it. Um, but Miss Cracker, on the other hand, was so, so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Deal with it. Oh, that whole the title of her book that was so full of puns. I was just like, I don't I can't even I can't I don't even know what to do right now. Like I was laughing so hard at that. And I couldn't believe like Ross wasn't even cracking a smile. And I was like, did you hear what she said? That was a hilarious yeah. title. It maybe the went on thing... one pun too long, but it was still like super, super funny. Um. Well, I, I think I think Ross would have got it if it was at the end and we had the character more established. But like it for me, it, it took off. To me, Cracker was the one who started amazingly and ended amazingly. Like all these other queens, they started fairly weak or shoddy, or uh, the initial jokes didn't quite hit. But Crackers, it may not have hit with the audience, but it hit with me, and yeah, I felt me it just too. kept going because. In the it's end. crafty and it's clever. It's very Sasha Velour mm. is what I like about Cracker. Yeah, crazy, it's, it's but good. It's on. I feel like her comedy is almost on another level. Sometimes it's very, very witty and very smart. And like, mm. I can just when she was describing the title of her book, like you can picture that self help book on the like bestseller <laughs> shelf when you walk into a bookstore. Yeah. Like, I've seen that book. That's like. Title, colon, title, italics, da da da. Like it has like yeah. five titles on one book, and you're just like, oh my God. Uh, and that's totally what she was selling. And I freaking loved it. And then in the end, when she's like, 
I have to tell you, I have a secret. And at first I thought she was going to say, like, I too am afraid of pickles or something like that. And then when she takes off her lab coat and her glasses like fucking Superman, and yeah. goes, I am a pickle. I was a like, pickle. oh, my God. <laughs> like, I did not see yeah. that coming. And it was so funny. I it, just, was, it was yeah. fantastic. I, I loved it. I'm adoring Miss Cracker. I mean, I try my hardest not to have a big bias to her and seeing and trying to criticize her, but I, I really struggle. Yeah. So. No, and I struggle too. I um, have a, a couple of criticisms for her when it comes to uh, the runway, but... Mm, but it was I think definitely a risk, eh? Her, uh, yeah, but her actual main challenge, I thought, was the strongest of all of them. So uh, yeah, that does... Quick aside a- before yes. we continue, and it's to do with technical issues. To me, you're coming through like a robot. Am I coming through like a robot to you? No, you sound totally fine. Okay, so the recording will be good on your end? Yes, the recording's fine. Oh, sick. Good. Because, like, we can't have robot jaws. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm robot to you. That's really crappy. Oh, I hope, so are good. you at I've... least, like, hearing what I'm saying? And... Yeah, yeah, I can, okay. I can hear it all. I think all right. it's a Discord thing, because you have issues with Discord, don't you? Every once in a while, yeah, for sure. And I also, right now, I have a fan running in the background, so that's probably what oh, it's yeah. Sometimes, yeah, Discord doesn't play well with fans. I, I don't know. Um, I have yeah. my fan on too. This, this, <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by fans. <laughs> uh, so finally, we had the Vixen and Asia O'Hara doing Why Are You So Obsessed With Me? And this I found the production team totally zeroed in on because they were talking about how they were going to model it after Aquaria and Cracker and their kind of uh, issues in New York and with Cracker always allegedly copying Aquaria. Man. This was set up to fail for me. This was I felt so it was bad. set up to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they started talking about it, I'm like, the Vixen's always kind of like been in the backlight almost in most of these challenges. Mm-hmm. As strong as her personality is, and she's the Vixen, she's the animal, she's the one leading the charge. Um, that isn't how I feel her strength is really. Um, when it comes to these sorts of main challenges where they're, you know, it's, it's all about their personality and character building. And I always feel her characters are too similar to her. And she always sort of misses the mark with the challenge a little bit, or at the mm-hmm. very least doesn't step out enough and sort of fades into the background. Like I definitely remember Asia over the Vixen. I felt Asia was the stronger of the two by quite a bit. Yeah, I, I feel the same. And especially like they didn't seem to be able to play off each other. And Vixen even kind of threw Asia under the bus a little bit and was like, well, I'm trying to, you know, I was supposed to scooch away and she was supposed to scooch closer and, and things like that. And then she didn't. And I felt like yeah, just that little thing threw Vixen right off. And all of that was because and Vixen even says, oh, we should have rehearsed. It's like, no shit. Like, yeah, it's improv, but you should at least have an idea of, like, um, sorry to cut you off, off, but you're sounding like R2-D2 now. Do you want to try Skype? Holy shit. It's very funny. I I should record (laughs) this and send it to you. All right, I will. You're like, let me me try uh, restarting Discord. Hang on. Oh, yeah, cool. We'll be right back after these messages. 
It's like I know what you're saying though. I can read the notes, but it's probably it's probably it's probably good that I actually like understand what you're saying as well. That might help with this show. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So I will uh, I'll do some editing magic. Oh and my I'll... god, you're crystal clear. <laughs> I'll do some editing magic and I'll I'll fix some things and and hopefully oh. that, that yeah it'll be fine. Or or keep it real, you know, like this shit happens, guys. You know, it's not very true. Perfect. Yeah, the podcasting Ex- is not super easy, and sometimes uh, Discord just doesn't play nice. <laughs> We're having some technical difficulties. Yep. So you Please know, stand welcome by. back to the show. I hope you had a cup of tea or whatever in like like two seconds. Yeah. We were not talking about <laughs> yeah, the show. Yeah. What was like what was like two minutes in our time is literally going to be instantaneous for them. It's the magic of podcasts. Woo-hoo. The magic of cutting away content. Exactly. <laughs> we'll never get that time back. <laughs> so uh what i was saying was um that basically vixen and asia were missing each other's cues because they didn't rehearse and vixen was oh, actually yeah. saying, oh we should have rehearsed and it's like yeah no shit uh-huh. come on like maybe obviously you take... yeah maybe you should take the competition seriously and put yeah. some practice in that's what i've never understood about like a lot of these girls as they come into the show and it's like new season i'm here to win oh i don't sew Oh no! I, I everyone else does my dresses. I just buy them. I don't do drag on the dime. Oh no! We should have rehearsed. Oh, I don't rehearse. I just wing it. And I'm like, where is your competitive spirit? What is the point of trying to win a competition? What are you here for? It's like Asia, are you here just to go? What the yeah, fuck? <laughs> it's like Asia and Vixen got so wrapped up in just the drama and their own hilarity with just the idea of being oh, yeah. a cracker in Aquaria. They didn't flesh it out. They weren't actually working on their improv and the kind of story beats and the backstories of their characters. Because then when they actually came out, it's like they were totally thrown off by being called the Vixen in Asia. Like, I feel like their plan was to come out onto the Bossy Rossi show and for Vixen to be like, I'm Aquaria. And for Asia to be like, I'm Ms. Cracker. Like, and then so he was like, welcome the Vixen. And she was like, oh, fuck, this isn't going to work. And had they actually yeah. rehearsed it, then maybe they wouldn't have had that problem. So yeah, they oh, were. I, I, I thought they were pretty terrible. I I just felt they were those like annoying, like the evil high school cheerleaders in those American films, and they're getting mm. a pedicure, and they're like, oh my god, wouldn't it be funny if like we did a thing about uh, Aquaria and Miss Cracker? And they went, oh my god, Clarissa, that's so funny. I yeah, know. you're and so funny. You're just like so so funny. Oh my god, you're such a bitch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, that that sort of that sort of one. That's and definitely then they get what to happened. It, they get to it and there's a cutback and goes, Maybe we should have rehearsed, but you know, I was just trying to be myself. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. yeah. Worst so- worst performance for me. Um am I happy about it? Yes, because the vixen was in it and I want her to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't like everyone, you know. Some people just aren't likable. And I think the Vixen does a bloody good job. No, I completely agree. But to lie. I was I was really, really happy with how this all played out because after the runway and when the tops and bottoms were announced, I felt like Vixen really thought that she was going to be in the top three, not the bottom three. And I think that's the mm. critique she was looking for is she was like, I am just so amazing and I was, don't want to be safe anymore because I want critiques. It's like uh you get critiques for being in the top and the bottom 
you not being safe does not guarantee you a top in the spot or a spot in the top three. So um, the top critiques aren't like really critiques. Like I love it. 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 (laughs) And the bottom ones are your shit. Can you not read the fucking challenge title? Yep. Hello. (laughs) So the runway theme this week was denim and diamonds because we had Shania Twain on the judging panel, which was awesome. So clearly it was Mm going to have a country theme, but it has to be glam country because this is drag. So we can't just go country country. We've already done country once. Uh, So for for the queens in the show, I know this is in the future and they've already done it. But that again is denim and diamonds. Denim. (laughs) <laughs> not denim, denim. Not fucking. Is that really? But if 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 look, if you're doing a specific challenge and you have to explain the look, or the judges have to ask you, is that really denim? Is that the fabric that you? Them. Yeah. <laughs> is Did that you the meet fabric the requirements, contestants? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a problem yeah. for sure. Um, but before we get into the queens and their runway looks, I just want to talk about Carrie Preston's nails. Oh my god. For those of you who don't know, I actually stream nail art on my Twitch channel and so I do a creative stream once every couple of weeks where I do nails on camera and when she showed her nails with the chain between her fingers, I was like those are not functional at all, but I fucking love them. <laughs> like I need them. That was amazing. And I did not know because the, the place I know Carrie Preston from is she was in um True Blood. So I know her from that. I don't know her from anything else. I didn't know that she's literally in a show about like a crime syndicate thing being run out of a nail salon in Florida. Like, yes, please. How did I not know Claude is a show? (laughs) Well, we found we learned something today. We did. And she is amazing. And she's hilarious. And her nails were amazeballs. So, yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Good. Good. Good judge as well, I thought. Yes, I they've thought done, they've done a real... Either they have to cut out 90% of the comments or all the guest judges are very level-headed and aren't afraid to... Uh, especially when they're critiquing someone who's in the bottom who's either a fan of theirs or they've made their outfit around the guest judge or some shit like that. They're not afraid to critique it and be quite direct, which mm. I, I respect because, you know, I, I feel, especially my generation, fuck, like you critique someone for like one little thing and... It's a total mess. <laughs> you know, you can't take criticism yeah. anymore. So I'm I'm happy. This has been this has been social change with Richard. <laughs> uh so first up on the runway we had Monet Exchange. And I feel like at this point I was getting ready to just start counting asses. So Monet was ass number one because like <laughs> yeah. I felt like that was so much of what I saw this week. Like it started with Monet and she had a kind of like jumper, st- excuse me, jumper style that had some really nice like uh, rhinestone Frills. edging. And then it yeah. had I wasn't a huge fan of her fringe specifically. There were a couple of others that I thought had better fringe, even if their outfits weren't as good. But uh, Monet, I don't know. I just it. When she when she turned around and it's just like assless chaps, I'm like, that's just, just like looking at a hippo, honestly. It's so like cliche. And even when yeah. cowboys wear assless chaps, they still have jeans on underneath. So I guess this is the drag version, but it just doesn't work for me. And she was not the only one that went down this tacky tacky road. Um, 
I had the same sort of problem with like three or four of the outfits tonight, including the mm. next one, which was Cameron Michaels. I really liked her look. I loved the Dolly Parton boobs. Oh my God, that breastplate was yeah. huge. And I was not yeah. expecting that out of Cameron. Um, but I did wish it didn't come up so high in the front. I wish it had been like a, a short little skirt, but it, it wasn't. It went high enough that I don't know. It just it, it didn't look that great to me. I wish it had been slightly longer in the front to be a full like skirt. And I mean, I felt like that with a lot of these these um, these girls is that like I understand that. Well, I don't understand because I don't have a dick, but I have a pretty good idea that if you have to take a piece of your anatomy, flip it around and put it behind you when it's usually out in front of you and there's a couple of other sacks of meat in the way that's not gonna be comfortable <laughs> right like that's gonna kind of you know that's gonna be uncomfortable it could hurt and so i understand if you want to show off your tucking skill but i felt like i saw so many badges this week it was just like okay i get it you have a flat tuck can we please still put some clothes over it <laughs> i mean I think I think that's a lot of like personal taste for you. It definitely is. It's a personal taste thing, but I felt like I saw I, a lot of like thongs and bikini bottom type things. Even definitely a theme. Yeah, yeah, it was totally a theme this week, and I was like, okay, I get that you're proud of it, but can't we just like have a little bit more of an outfit look and not just bam, look at my crotch, see how you can't see my dick? I'm like, yeah, I get it. Well, I can't see your dick. Huzzah! <laughs> I also couldn't see it if it was in a skirt. <laughs> with the Monet one for me, it was like I kind of liked the start of it at the top, and then there was the bodysuit wasn't exactly aligned well, so there was like yeah. parts moving when she walked on the front, and then I felt that the whole outfit had been designed with her just having this big hippo ass sticking out the back. Mm -hmm. Right, that's that's that was that was where my problem was with the like crotchless and the sort of. Uh, crotch booty like over representation I guess of this yes. <laughs> of this lineup but for Cameron I thought the entire outfit was gorgeous I loved it I had no problem with Cameron, it yeah no and it, Cameron did look Cameron did look very very good and like I said I did really like her skirt I liked her attitude like she obviously she said she's from Nashville she obviously grew up around country she was doing little line dance moves like I really felt like this was her week from like just a comfort perspective like the challenge was right up her alley. I thought she did a really good job. And I again, like Cameron, Cameron's wasn't so bad. Cameron's was was mostly a skirt. I just I think I wish it had come down a little bit further in the front, but it was fine. She was fine. But then yeah, my my next big problem is like Vixen comes out third look of the night and it's just like, for fuck's sakes, can we just complete the bottoms of our outfits? Because she did the same thing with the with the cut like keyhole cutout around her crotch and ass and i was like if you just covered that part and made it one big denim mermaid skirt i would have loved her outfit her outfit was great except that there's these big focal points on i, I ran out of fabric yeah so i just have a hole so here because you could still do the like glam mixed with denim. You could absolutely still do that. And I think that theme still would have come across had the Vixen just had her crotch and her ass covered with denim and mm. still stoned. Like you still want to have like covered in diamonds. That's the theme of the week. 
just stone it. You don't need to show the fact that you've got like white glitter underwear on. I just, oh my God. When this <laughs> was the third look that came out, I was like, please tell me that they aren't all going to be assless chaps. Like, please. <laughs> so, I mean, the, for me, I loved the hair and I loved the face. And I feel that's honestly the Vixen's strongest point when it comes to these runway looks. Is yes, she's her incredible. hair and face are always on point for she's sure. She's incredible with makeup yeah. and making herself look. You still recognize it as the Vixen, but when she looks as he normally does, and then when she looks as when she is the Vixen in drag, it is two different people, but yeah. the same person. And that's very impressive. Unfortunately, I find, I think the I lower down weeks ago, I think I said yeah. it a couple of weeks ago that I was just like, I literally don't recognize that like the face looks totally different in and out of drag. And it's because her makeup skills are so amazing that she can literally hide all of her. I don't even know if you would call them flaws, but just like she has a way of making her face look completely different when she actually goes into drag and puts the makeup on. And I just, it blows me away every time. Like as much as I hate her and wish she was off the show, her hair and makeup skills are respect the pretty skills. on point. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but the issue for me was it just got down, lower down it went. I was like, just the worse it gets till the bottom. I didn't like the denim fucking the mermaid skirt. Mermaid oh. skirt. I didn't think it suited the rest of the thing because you had like skin showing with the top and then you had like the, the whole, the cutout, the <laughs> yeah. cute cutout around the crotch. And then it sort of ended in a, but you can't see my feet. No, no, no. There's a secret under there. And I, I just, <laughs> it, it didn't, it didn't flow it didn't correctly flow, It for didn't me. play. Yeah, I can see that. Um, next up, we had Asia. And I was so happy when Asia came out because I was like, finally. Oh, oh we, it's so good. We have a queen with a complete outfit that didn't just yeah. cut a keyhole in something. Um, yeah, Asia, I loved. I thought she did fringe very well. And the fact that it was all tied to this like super long cape-like coat and it was all like super distressed with holes in it. And like her outfit had a theme and a color that ran all the way through it. I really liked her runway look. It was the first one of the night where I went, oh, wow. So I thought, yeah, yeah. she really she really upped her game this week. And it's good because she needed to. Yeah, I think this is her response to the criticism she got of we need you to look after yourself. And she did. This yes. outfit was not only was it fantastic in design, I thought it was also unique yeah. with how almost like charred the cloak looked or the, mm -hmm. the jacket looked on the back with like little bits missing. Like it, it you know, it, it had been in a fire and this was all that was left of it or something, but it looked glamorous. That, well, that wasn't the theme she was going for. She wasn't going for, I was in a fire and then I got out and now I'm here. It was, no, it, was like just, it. it was just the uniqueness of it that I loved. And it's really hard. I mean, you can take denim and you can go with a really like a black or a really dark blue denim and get a kind of more sophisticated look. So I feel like that's why what Asia did was that much more impressive because she took a distressed denim, which is made mm. to look like you've been rolling around in the dirt and you've torn holes in your clothes to take a denim style like that and make it look high fashion and make it look fantastic and unique and everything else. That's like yeah. next level. Like Asia really pulled out all the stops this week. And I was happy to see that turnaround on her. I think it, I, I'm glad she's back on track. Aquarius Asia, came... your denim was den yum. 
Uh, Aquaria came out next. She looked like Aquaria looks. I liked the fan. I thought it was really, really cute. I... The fan the fan made sense. You remember that fucking Vixen thing? Yes. Like, I made a plastic. Like, and... and it was so big when she opened it. It was just like. It was my clam fan. Yeah. Like she was Vanna Whiting the fan, whereas with Aquaria, it was much more. Um, it was functional, but big enough to an be accessory. an over the top. Yeah, it was accessory. an accessory. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she was able, because it wasn't the same size as she was, <laughs> she could actually clap it open and close like you're supposed to be able to. <laughs> the Vixen had to, oh, before I show you my fan, I must turn around, put my arms up and spread them 180 degrees. Just yes. get this fucking fan open. <laughs> and I can't put it back together because it's made of plastic. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, that was, that was, that was an outfit. <laughs> I did like the oh. fan, but the outfit, I felt very much like when Aquaria came out, I was like, yeah, that's what I would expect out of Aquaria. I feel like she's coasting right now. Like I mentioned earlier with Blair, I feel like Blair is also coasting right now. And uh, I want to see Aquaria think outside the Aquaria box because she is very much, although she doesn't I wanna... come out in full on bodysuits. She is very mm. like brawn panties a lot. And she's, although this was like a skirt, she's petite. it was, yeah, she is petite. But you can be petite and still rock all kinds I'd of different silhouettes. Love, like, there's no reason I'd she has to, to always wear brawn panties. Yeah, I totally agree. I'd love to see her in like a big gown or something. I want yeah, her to. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's currently got through the competition on her looks and her slimness and basically how much of a twink slut she looks like. Um, exactly. So I'd love to, I'd love to see this, this, this beautiful shape, not have to rely on like raw sort of uh, milky skin sex appeal in the gay world because that's basically what it is to me. But this look I liked. It wasn't a. Uh, on anyone my, else, I would have really, thoughts. really liked it for sure. Because I mean, it was a very, very short skirt. It reminded me almost like a um, figure skater type dress. Like mm, it wasn't yeah. quite bodysuit but it was definitely it, that silhouette right it would it looked kind of practical yeah to an extent, which was nice but to me it was like oh it's kind of like lady gaga in, in the country in the usa mm. so which isn't too like arbitrary by the way because lady gaga does have a country album so <laughs> this makes this makes perfect sense and her country music's good please sponsor me um <laughs> but yeah i liked it i thought it was like good for her um but again I, I totally agree that i was not shocked in any way <laughs> i was like oh she's gonna do like a, a, a high a high cowboy boot with legs mm. and then a bra sticking out and probably a cowgirl hat yeah oh, but there's a fan Ooh. <laughs> exciting yeah so i think yeah aquarius coasting a bit right now i want to see her step outside of the aquaria box and maybe we will maybe we will because i think uh like she didn't get any critiques this week i feel like she's been safe quite a lot other than the time that she actually won well she won last week and again i don't really think that that was deserved necessarily considering some of the other stuff that came out but um yeah i don't think we'll see her get out of her box until she actually ends up in the bottom three and gets some negative critiques so to see I, again i think there's still a couple of queens that are below her so it might still be a while before oh we yeah see her she's, a strong, she is a, she's strong a strong competitor she is a strong competitor but she's just a strong competitor that's like relying but on I, the same thing every week which is also what I I think blair is doing totally agree i totally agree um 
Well, and I'll talk about why I like crackers so much, and it's related to that. But yes. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, so next up, we had Eureka, and I was I was fairly impressed with Eureka this week. She again, she's one of the ones that I would not be sad to see go. I'm ready for her to not be in the competition anymore. I didn't love her in season nine, so I'm you know like I've now had ten episodes of Eureka. That's enough. <laughs> so, uh, but she yeah. did. I will give it to her. She did have a shape this week. Um, although we're back a good shape to, for her we are well. back to the bodysuit type thing though, right? Like it's, this is just a bodysuit extended to her ankles <laughs> and mm. pants on the runway. Again, I've said before, I'm more of a fan of skirts than pants, but I mean, she looked, she looked pretty good. I, for one, loved the pattern portion of her outfit. The, uh, the part that was actually stoned that kind of like went down the middle and had the kind of creamy white background with the blue pattern on it, I thought was gorgeous. And I was like, all right, I can definitely, I can get behind this patterned portion. Um, but again, I didn't love the the overall silhouette. I didn't love the pants, but I loved the pattern. And I thought that the color choice too really suited her. Mm, for me, it looked a bit like a curtain, but mm. that's just me. I thought it was very uh, like, it, it all depends on your perspective. Like for me, having all these colors that look so similar, maybe it's because I wear, I watch the show without my glasses and that probably doesn't help, but it all just like <laughs> melds into one show. Everyone's like, sort of melts into one I can't color. understand why they would make Who's all these blurry, blurry shapes. Person? <laughs> yeah. They all look oh. the same. They're all wearing a wig. <laughs> I find it um, so funny because I mean, neither one of us really has much more to say about Eureka. And I find it funny as she's the eventual winner of the of the week. And I, I have I things feel, to say. About I have that. things to say about that as well. But we'll get to that a little bit later um, on. But yeah, Eureka, the shape was good. I mean, the part for Eureka for me this week was I was happy to see happy to her see. I was happy to see her step out of her comfort zone. Finally, finally, in that challenge, she stepped out of her country zone. She showed off her body. I feel she was owning it and she was actually, you know, she, she always says she's proud of it. And, you know, yeah. I'm a big girl, I'm a big boned girl, but we've never actually seen her really show that off. And I feel that every runway looks should be trying to the, cover it up. Yeah, even in the swimsuit challenge, you're right. It was, uh, she went old timey, one piece, very, like she had a cape as well. So she yeah. was still very hidden. She had when a cape, some, yeah. Yeah. Or like a, a cover up. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, for me, the look wasn't stand out. I, I, I thought the hair was off for me personally. That's probably the biggest thing. Mm. The, the, the outfit was actually really nice. I felt it was a really good shape for her, but the pattern of it to me just looked a bit like a curtain. And by that, I mean, it's a background color scheme for mm. me, the, 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 the pattern and the object. I think if I looked at it again, I probably have similar opinions or at least see your opinion on the pattern but for like the 10 seconds we had her on there i was just like eh. yeah eh is a good way to describe her yeah. um blair <laughs> i thought her shirt and her jacket were amazing i love the idea of taking a whole bunch of different types of mm. denim and shades of denim and working them like um into almost like a patchwork kind of style but it didn't like look a quilt, patchwork. yeah. And it didn't look quiltly because it was all, I think, really skinny triangles. And that's why it was like somewhere between a patchwork and like a stripe. And I, it just, it worked. I really liked it. But then she didn't have a top. She just had a, a rhinestone bra. And the rhinestone bra 
was like black underneath with then these um yellowy orangey rhinestones on them so they weren't even like clear crisp rhinestones so it didn't feel like it went with the rest of it because then she had a big necklace piece on that was not the same colors of rhinestones as what was on her bra so to me it was all very disjointed and i kind of wish you know obviously i don't think that she threw this together and sewed this herself this week i think it was something that she brought And uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that she didn't make the choice to just make it a dress as opposed to a jacket and skirt. Or if it was going to be a jacket and skirt, I wish she'd put even like, I mean, I feel like the cliche I'm going line dancing look for, you know, any country lover is a pair of blue jeans and a white T-shirt with some brown cowboy boots. Like that's what I picture in my head. And so Mm. even if she'd put a totally bedazzled white t-shirt underneath that jean jacket and skirt i think that would have looked better so i know she was yeah. her body yeah. but um i i just it didn't uh it didn't look like one cohesive look for me and again like i mentioned earlier i think she's coasting and she's not going to be safe much longer i agree she's coasting i actually really enjoyed pretty much everything about the outfit especially the stuff you talked about with it all meshing together all these different types of denim Except she had an armadillo on each of her tits. I did not understand <laughs> the bra at all. Yeah. Holy shit. I was like, uh, to me, it, it felt very similar to Monet, where like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, focus on one body part and then make the outfit around this. I felt for Blair, it was going, I'm going to focus on this armadillo bra. And then make the outfit around the rest of it. And then when, oh, it's a denim challenge. Well, I guess I put a put some denim on. Yeah. Um, so I, to me, I think that's where the inconsistency came from. Um, the bra was a big stick out. And it wasn't a stick out in a good way. It was more of an awkward boner sort of thing. You know, <laughs> no, on the bus. Stick out in a bad way. <laughs> on yeah. the bus. <laughs> you were, oh, you were talking man. earlier about not having a dick and not knowing. <laughs> that is a plight that is not talked about, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, next up, <laughs> we had Monique Hart, who was more ass and vag, as I put it in the notes. Mm. Um, again, mm. body suity, um, just ass hanging out and you know, i hated this one i hated I this hate one too and so my much. big problem other than like it didn't flow at all top to bottom but she only had one piece of denim and she spent most of the runway with that piece of denim off <laughs> she took and it off <laughs> she did she took it off and it was just like uh honey the yeah, whole challenge like... is denim where's your denim <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm I'm wearing cow. <laughs> the fuck. Oh my god. How does Monique uh, not know what a cow looks like? I mean, I feel like everyone has seen a cow, even if it's just on a fucking milk carton. Everyone has seen a cow <laughs> at some point in their lives. Like there's a there's a there's look I, up the street. I could I could walk two minutes and take a photo of a cow for you. I live well, in the I know, country but that's, that's because yeah, you live in the but middle holy of a farming country. <laughs> Just to, just to give you a comparison, right? The Even if you've always been pattern. in the city, like you don't have to be yeah. from farm country you know to know what, what a cow, cow looks, looks like. like. Cow is like one of the first animals you ever learn. Like, what does a cow, cow say? Moo. Cow. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Or like, oh, it's a, it's a one syllable animal. It's not a fucking not armadillo <laughs> or aardvark. You know, it's cow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think she's just she's just a dumb blonde. 
Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, that's totally fair to say. As yeah. uh, speaking and as a natural blonde, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just she didn't think it through enough, and she did a lot and didn't think about the individual pieces because she came out and was like, "For the denim and diamond challenge, I removed the denim. I removed half the challenge. I'm just <laughs> diamonds." With yes, giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean if, if that had been a cow print an actual cow print maybe but still you're right like um her leggings should have been she should have just worn jeans like if that's what it was gonna be would have been so much better if she worn jeans holy yeah. shit and she's like oh it's hot in here i better take off my denim overcoat yeah and get into my more comfortable country gear but then again like I feel the thing underneath should at least have something to do with diamonds. Yeah, yeah, because just the, a, the giraffe not just pattern. a random animal she yeah. picked. The <laughs> giraffe pattern wasn't even stoned, so it was just like that oh. was totally out of left field. Didn't fit the challenge. Uh, it was really disappointing. Her fringe, though, I thought Monique's fringe, not the actual like thigh high leggings that she had on, but just the fringe down the edges, was my mm. favorite of all the fringe. Like that rhinestone fringe was like so fine that it was almost hard to tell that there were even stones on it and it looked mm. almost white which was amazing so maybe maybe she spent all the time on the fringe she she may have happened. because even the uh the rhinestones on the leggings themselves weren't in any sort of pattern it just looked like she was grabbing handfuls and gluing them on sort of thing so i i really yeah. don't know what happened with all of that but it was kind of a mess uh, then we had Mayhem, who I had the exact same question as Michelle. She came same. out and she was the first one, I think, of all of them. Other than Monique had the weird pattern, but everyone else was blue. Mayhem comes out in this like super hot pink cowgirl outfit. And she I mean, she looked pretty adorable, but I think Michelle was really on point asking, first of all, if it was dem denim and then calling it pretty juvenile in the critiques. And I it was honey boo boo, ish, wasn't it? <laughs> which is something I've never watched on show, so I don't really understand that reference. But um, I definitely four year old like beauty pageant shit. Yeah, you know, it was like I'm a girl, so I'm vibrant 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 pink yeah you know, i i didn't i really didn't like it and even if it had been normal blue denim i think it would have been better but i still wouldn't have liked the shape of the outfit really um i i was i was a little disappointed in mayhem and i've been feeling that um she started off so strong and she's just been going down 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 every week so um she's recluse she, yeah the outcome of all of this i'm i was not surprised about no, at all I but wasn't um neither. i saw obvious. this as a problem as yeah. soon as it came up i was like oh you're in the bottom yeah you and forgot the they forgot the denim in denim yeah if the judges <laughs> have to ask talent. you to explain your outfit like we saw with dusty or oh, if the judges yeah. have to ask you what even is your outfit made of you know you're going to be in trouble um so but before we get to all of the full-on critiques and who's in the top and bottom and who's lip sync and everything else i do not want to skip over cracker Obviously, mm. I'm pretty sure Richard would disown me if I did. Um, well, I don't own you, so it'd be hard <laughs> to disown you. But no, you can have your opinions. It's fine. I I really I liked Cracker. actually. I, I would I would be upset if you skipped over Cracker. Actually, yes, think about I it. know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, like I said, I always prefer a skirt. So she came out in a full on like another jumper type thing. Uh, she was pants. 
but she was so gorgeously stoned. I can yeah. I can forgive it. Uh, and uh, she's another one. She came out in pink, but her pink was obviously denim. And mm. uh, she said that like pink is like her color. So I can see why, you know, she's kind of gravitating towards that. Although next week I would like to see her do a not pink. Uh, but mm. yeah, I didn't really understand the hair because I guess braids are country girls. So I get that. And she put her own spin on them by making them kind of goofy and giving herself the big teeth and making them stick out the side of her head. Um, so I, I kind of over time am coming around on the red hair and braids, but I didn't love it. When she came out, I was kind of like, oh, that's a little disappointing. But again, I feel like it's because my expectations of Cracker are so high. Yeah, when she does something that's that, the thing when she does something it, like had i seen that look on monet i would have been like all right she's turned it out this week great I, good to see but because it's cracker i'm like oh i was thinking up here and you're delivering like quite well, high but it's not high enough exactly, exactly. <laughs> and i feel like this this happens to a lot of the girls on rupaul's drag race and from the judges perspective as well as the audience perspective is like if you do really well early on and if you prove you're a strong competitor, then the expectations for you are going to be a lot higher. And I think um, season five was a perfect example of this. The um, the queen who eventually won season five. And I know you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil it for you. But Sharon Needles, isn't it? No, that was season that four. One? This was the oh. season afterwards. Um, but yeah, the queen that eventually won season five, I really did feel like she... Uh, showed consistent improvement throughout the season, but she, I didn't think she was ever the best. So um, the one that I thought should have won uh, was consistently strong throughout the entire competition and then didn't end up winning in the end because the judges kind of, I think they just felt like, oh, she's had the most like improvement. And she's like, by the end, she was pretty good. But if you're judging the competition as a whole, I think that, you know, the, the more um, consistent queen should win. But it's very, very hard when you see someone doing well and consistently through the entire season and, you know, not showing improvement because they don't need to show improvement, then, you know, it can be a lot hard. Like you can judge them a lot harsher than you judge someone that you could be like, oh, I remember last week when we told you to fix A, B and C. And this week you come out and you fixed all those things like, yes, you're going through. Yes, you're winning challenges because look at how well you're doing now. And, you know, then someone like Cracker, who's been strong since the start and has excelled and been in the top like every week. She gets a little bit kind of uh, she gets a little bit screwed. She gets a little bit robbed and she's always <laughs> robbed. She's in my so opinion. robbed. Oh, my God. She's the, robbed between, every time. Yeah. Between her performance as Dr. Pickle and then the uh, whole runway look, which was which was in the tops for me, for sure. I didn't think there was any way that she wasn't going to win this week. And then I'm going to go conspiracy theory with this. But Eureka was our winner. Oh, and oh. We, sh we should talk about that in 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 next. I want to get a word in about Cracker because okay, this sure. conspiracy theory stuff. We need to talk about this. OK, Holy shit. OK, I have one as well. I have a big. We probably theory. have the same one. <laughs> yes. Episode five. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so but yes, the thing for Cracker. You cracker? <laughs> the thing for Cracker with me and the thing I love about her and all my favorite queens in, I've had a very limited experience of watching the show as I've only watched two seasons fully. I watched Bob the Drag Queen 
Sorry, <laughs> I watched season eight where Bob the Drag Queen <laughs> yes. won. The Bob and the Drag Queen nine, show. <laughs> so, yeah, in season nine, I watched uh, Sasha Velour win. And the thing I loved about Sasha Velour, and why she's one of my favorites, is her demeanor was always very positive. Mm-hmm. She was very humble and she always took risks. Yes. She always took risks. But the thing with her performances is the risks were. Like, I'd say Cracker takes even bigger risks. Mm-hmm. But the thing I love about Cracker is you come out on the, she comes out on the runway and she looks like a pink, pink fucking Looney Tune character. <laughs> and then she tells, not she doesn't tell the story because, you know, it's a random character, but she always says my characters have some sort of plot to them almost. And she delivers that through the runway. Like, she does the smile, you got the back teeth, and it's like, oh, I get the hair. Oh, look, I noticed the freckles. Oh, look, she's, yeah, you know, you get it. And the thing with Cracker is every time she's on the runway, I have no idea what to expect. Mm. I'm always, not shocked, but I'm always surprised at what she comes out because it's never what I expect. And then I watch her and I see the risk pulling through because she's, she's confident in it. You know, even though in Untucked she says, you know, I'm not confident in myself and I don't like myself, she clearly... I'd, I'd almost say it is the power of like not wanting to disappoint people who are looking at her. I'd say that pulls her through it. So uh, this is why I love Cracker. Like she takes risks. This is one of her, I'd say probably one of her weakest looks and I still really enjoyed it. Um, like my favorite look this week was Cameron on the runway, I've mm-hmm. got to say, and probably that, Asia. I feel like Cameron's Cracker, been the most consistent as like best runway fan- look. Like fantastic in, yeah. in, in the runway stuff. Like, just a pleasure to watch, honestly. Just an apps. He needs to be on All Stars because mm-hmm. I want to see him go up against these other, you know, more more crafty queens. <laughs> so, the shade. so put it, yeah. <laughs> but that, that's what I love about Cracker is I, I love seeing these queens take risks and try new things, even on a show like this, but still show their individuality and show what makes them a, a successful drag queen because they all are, you know. They all are successful in, two, in some degree. Anyway, That's shall great. we move on? Yes. To... Uh, so there was, I mean, there's one thing that I do want to talk about. Speaking of Cameron, when she actually mm. got a moment and Rue gave her a chance to speak directly with Shania, I was like, oh my God, this is so adorable. And you could tell Cameron was getting all tongue-tied and stuff. And I love yeah. seeing that when, when the queens mm. get to like meet their idols and stuff. It was just well, it was He doesn't awesome. talk as no, well. He so like actually hearing talked. him talk. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was it was really nice. It was, it was super, really super annoying. cute. And then uh, so our top three were Eureka, Cracker and Monique Hart, with our bottom three being Mayhem, Monet Exchange and the Vixen. And when we were getting the critiques, when Michelle was talking to Vixen and talking about how a mermaid dress should look, <laughs> when Michelle goes, it should be like, Wazoo! I was like, oh my god, Michelle! <laughs> I was laughing so freaking hard. And I know she was trying to be like serious and like get her point across and stuff, but like, man, I need to gift that. I need to gift that. I I I like respect 99% of Michelle's critiques. Very rarely do I feel her critique is like not almost perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
she always Sometimes says I think what she's needs a to be off. said. I feel like episode yeah. one when she was like reading yeah. Dusty for the dots and we were both what like, are these dots? like <laughs> what, what are these dots? Oh, they're my uniqueness. Looking forward to a non-unique face next yeah. time, Dusty. I was like, <laughs> you're sending me Yeah, that's the 1%. Here. Yeah, but other than that, like I always feel she's right on the money and like everything we talked about in the runway theme, I think like three or four times we were like, and like Michelle said mm-hmm. in the critiques... Yeah. This is what I didn't like about it. So she's like, I, I, I honestly always enjoy listening to her talk and critique. And even um, when they did that app one, which I think was maybe might have been last time, I loved her directing it and being part of it and giving live feedback because she's harsh but fair. Yes. Yeah. That was episode but, three. Yeah. Oh my God. It's been last, so week, last week was the 33 <laughs> runway looks. Oh my goodness. What <laughs> we talked for hour two and a half show. hours. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. Um, yeah. So let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of time, <laughs> our bottom two ended up being Mayhem and Monet in a lip sync that again got to the point of someone tearing off their costume. I'm so over it. I know. At I'm least, at so least with Monet this it. time, she made a bit of a story out of it. Like she had the hidden cans of hairspray, like colored hairspray that actually did like dye her revealed wig when, you know, the, mm. that was the line in the song. So there was a bit of story there. But like when she tore off her costume, like the song is called Man, I Feel Like a Woman. And you're tearing you off can the see costume. my padding. The, the- yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just like, why are you doing that? You're like. You look like a woman. That's the whole point of your drag right now. And you are like ripping off your drag and not looking like a woman anymore. And that always I oh, that always frustrated me with lip syncs. Mm. But this one, this one I was a little bit frustrated with. But I mean, she didn't have to do much to defeat Mayhem. Mayhem defeated herself. She was just she looked basic. And I like you can't. By the time you're on RuPaul's Drag Race, you can't just stomp around the runway and sing the words. Like, you gotta put some more into it than that. She did one kick, and uh, other than that, she was just, she was basic. Basic. I think, I think Mayhem kind of, like, had, well, you, you never know. No one's, no one's psychic, right? No one can tell the future, but in the saying, she knew she wouldn't win, because mm. she'd already put herself in that position, and I could, I kind of got the uh, message of that when it was like, Monet, Chante, you stay. And she did a nod immediately and went, yep. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, so Mayhem, I, I feel like she was like, almost like, it's my time to go. I yeah, felt, and, and I, really I, I, got, I got that more in Untucked as well. Yeah, she did talk a bit about it in Untucked, and we can talk about Untucked now. But uh, yeah, Monet or uh, Mayhem. I want to go back a bit before we talk about Untucked. I have something to say. Uh, Mayhem, I felt like, especially compared to her last, uh, I guess it was the Courtney Love lip sync was the last time that she Mm. lip synced for her life. And when she was like, really, like she was one of the few times where tearing off your drag actually works because she was talking about pieces of her and she was tearing off the feathers and I really thought that really good. that was, was a really, really good. good lip sync. That was the mayhem I was expecting. And the mayhem that I got was just, uh, she might as well not have been there. Yeah. Your name, your name mayhem is like a synonym of like chaotic activity. Chaotic and, she's and crazy. Very, and she's, she's been incredibly recluse. She might as well be like, uh, <laughs> what's conserve conservia or some shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. 
But anyway, going back, there's a few things I wanted to say. So the vixen earlier, she's like, I just want critiques because I'm so good. I need critiques to improve. And then she's in the bottom three and she gets critiques. She gets critiqued. And then she does a yuha like, well, actually, it wasn't my fault. Clap, clap, clap back sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean to throw this person under the bus, but I'm throwing them under the bus. So I'm sensing a weakness forming with the vixen here. I think she's had a very strong presence because of all the drama stuff, but now that's starting to be settled. We even saw Eureka and Vixen sort of burying the hatchet. But my biggest thing, and I'd like to talk about the Eureka winning now, mm. um, is RuPaul going, bring back my pickles. Cracker, you're safe. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? You can't do this? The fuck? I mean, I, 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 I 100% disagree. I thought Cracker stuck out infinitely more above Eureka. Eureka, basically, she acted like a baby, but I felt that one for one, making a story and being the pickle doctor and then revealing you're a pickle and doing the hand in the box and selling a book. Oh, I forgot about the box! Oh my god! <laughs> was, like, infinitely more creative because yeah. it was, there was so much her more making a character it. and Eureka... I'm sorry, Eureka, but sometimes to me, you act like a big baby sometimes. So I'm not surprised you did a good job with it. Now, the reason why I think Eureka won was because in episode five of last season, she, um, there was a lip sync and neither of them went home and Eureka was called forward because in good, good conscience, she sent Eureka home because uh, her leg was fucked. Yeah, she tore her ACL as far as I know. She had to have surgery. So, uh, Mm. but she was welcomed back into this season because she never completed her run on RuPaul's Mm. Drag Race. So, Mm. you're totally right. That's what I was going to say is that that happened in episode five, and this is episode five. And Ru made a really big deal about for the first Mm. time in her story, I'm going to say, you, you know, congratulations to you, blah, blah, blah. It was a real big production. And again, like I say, I feel like. Production it was is so much more, It's much more so t- visible in this season, for sure. Where yeah, it's like, well, yeah. of course, Eureka won on episode five because it has like significance. Um, not that uh, she at deserved this point, it. At this point in the season, I've been very like disappointed, or at least like disagree with the winners of like four out of the five episodes now, pretty much. So I'm not surprised that the person I fought did the best, and I felt was the strongest and i'm not even talking about personal bias here there's been a few times where like i believed cameron should have won and he was you're safe you know um but i'm not surprised i think the production value is like not the production value sorry but the the picking a winner based on what will get the most views and having the most people talking um is just it's so it like i have no evidence of it but i'm pretty sure it's happening right that's yeah, probably no, my I, problem with the season i completely so agree and that's what i that's what i mean about we probably had the same conspiracy because it's uh to me it's quite obvious that this is this was a production decision more than a performance decision and that kind of makes me sad but crackers gotta win right like yeah in the next couple I mean, I, the next couple of weeks i feel like and this is also something that i feel like and i think this has been the case since the beginning of drag race um, they tend to shy away from 
letting the same person win over and over and over again. And I feel mm. like we've said like three out of the five times Cracker should have won the main challenge. Like Cracker should have won the week. And they tend to, to shy away from things like that, where it's the same queen winning over and over and over again. So I feel like Cracker's just going to be around probably till the end. I think she's going to be, you know, one of the top three. And I think the judges know that too. So I think they're just kind of waiting for a week where Cracker really pulls it out and is over the top amazing, at which point she'll get the win. At which point she might as well, like, get the crown. Yeah, honestly. yeah. She's yeah. performing so highly anyway. But yeah, it's just, it was just, it, 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 it annoyed me. I was genuinely annoyed where it's like... This week I was Cracker, too. I was like, are you kidding? You are the pickle doctor. Your book was amazing. I would buy it. Oh my goodness, your runway was so good. I love the story you were telling. Eureka, congratulations. And I was like, what? Yeah. What, 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 not what, quite what, as... That's what like, I said. I was like... Oh. <laughs> it was not quite as out of left field as when Vixen won, just because her team did well, but it was still... Oh, it was definitely... Fucking, it was out that's there. That's a cop-out there. there. That was a fucking cop-out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, anyway, that's, that's the theory. The, yeah. Speaking of the Vixen, on to Untucked, where this was the first Untucked that we've had, I think, ever, where Vixen was not there from the start. And this was the nicest Untucked that we've ever had. We got a wonderful conversation where we got to talk Mm. to uh, Asia, Blair, Cameron and Aquaria about how many boys they'd slept with. (laughs) Mm. And the fact that Cameron sleeps with girls. There's hope for me yet. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Don't tell my um, fiance. <laughs> I mean, where is he right now? Holy shit. <laughs> he's way upstairs in his office. <laughs> oh, okay. He's going he's gonna to be like staving somewhere together and going, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, honey. I, I want to sleep with the drag queen. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised at all about Cameron because mm-hmm. he's definitely, he's, 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 he's a broad on the streets, but a, a man in the sheets, I think, is what Cameron <laughs> is. And well, because Asia was talking about it because they asked the same question about have you ever slept with a woman to each of the queens who were back at the beginning of Untucked and uh, both Blair and Aquaria were like, no. And then, you know, both Asia and Cameron were like, yes. And Aquaria's face when Cameron said like, yeah, I slept with men and then I slept with women like way after Aquaria's face was like judgy McBitch face. I was like, fuck off. Like. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you're judging that isn't people my... for their sexuality. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look, this this is always the irony I found with like the gay sphere is like we're like, oh, I want equality. I want this, that, and this, and that, and this, and that. But if you go out of line of my representation of what it means to be a cocksucker, get out. You know, <laughs> that's basically how it works, and it annoys me. I mean, going back to fuck season eight where Kimchi did a song about being like fat feminine that's like very much a sort of discriminatory thing around the whole gay population. I see all the time. Even here, I consider this country paradise and still, you know, it's just a universal thing and I think it's dumb. You can have preferences, you know, just because Cameron's bi doesn't mean you have to suddenly turn bi, but the judgy face, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think think Aquaria is a judging bitch, though. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely in character for her to, you know, be... I want to. I, I, I'd love. I'd love to think there's like a, a one of those uh, like boards 
where the producers are and they just sort of holding out going aquaria resting bitch face now yeah for the camera <laughs> shot you know yeah definitely um so yeah we we got a, a very pleasant very kind of like small talky so kind of it was it so was quiet so no one was yelling at anyone no one was swearing with it anyone it was a fireside gathering yes. about <laughs> about having sex with men <laughs> oh, i loved every minute of it and then all of the queens came back uh from and we talked about mayhem how she just seemed so defeated um she knew mm. she was in the bottom very content with it though she was like yeah she was yeah resigned i'm so happy fate. to be here i've had such a fun time today i had so much fun i'm i'm very glad to be given this opportunity and i was like well, thank thank you for sharing that with us. Yep. It was it was you've been like I really enjoyed you at the start. You've not risen to the task, I think, and that's why she got eliminated today. I think she's just she's too cautious. She's too apprehensive. She's not willing to expose herself. Um, you know, it's a self esteem thing, and I 100 percent understand it. But it's, fortunately, it's not the personality trait to help you win a competition. So exactly, and. Yeah. Uh, speaking of kind of the feeling a little bit self-conscious, we got some, uh, I thought, surprising revelations about Ms. Cracker because uh, she was talking about how she was basically apologizing to everyone for being so down and bringing down the energy in the room because she was feeling so down on herself. And then when she said, I don't love myself, I was like, what? Like, she comes mm -hmm. across as so funny and so confident and, you know, everything else that, to hear her talk about herself that way, I was like, this is how I feel about me. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't think I could love her anymore, but she is far, far and away my favorite now. She's, she's humble. She said mm -hmm. it in a way where she was like, I don't want to give off the impression that I deserve to win or anything. She said, I know, I understand how I'm going to feel. This is how I feel. I can't help it. And I apologize if it brings the room down. Yeah. And it was done very respectively. It wasn't done as like an attention grab thing. Um, and right, because that's the very fine line, right? That, yeah, you know, expressing yourself like that can be incredibly difficult, especially with these drag queens who have proven themselves to, you know, nip at every little thing, Yeah, especially the Vixen and some of the other girls. But yeah, um, I mean, going back into real world, it's, it's, it's not uncommon for these people who have such amazing personalities and especially ones who have a job in comedy, you know, have, have issues with themselves. Like probably the most famous example, I think, or the most publicly known would be Robin Williams. Mm, I was going to say Robin Williams or possibly John Candy would be another one that jumps to my... The man who played Mrs. Doubtfire ended up committing suicide. Yeah. And it really just, you know, um, the comedy is only skin deep, one could say. You know, <laughs> so it's 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 really it's really nice for Miss Cracker. I I really respect her self criticism. Um, I can, I mean, I hope not, but I have a feeling that girl's been through quite a bit of life experience. Mm. Probably some of it not too nice life experience. Yeah, and I think she's definitely a really solid human being because of it. Like the way she reacts to stuff and get along gets along with people and. You know, she's the only person in the show so far who has managed to make the vixen shut up mm -hmm. for a hot second. You know, so I I love Cracker's looks. 
I love her personality. I, um, I'm also always surprised at what she does, but always in like a very nice way. It's never like a bad surprise. It's like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I have to apologize. I kick puppies when I get home. You know, it was nothing <laughs> like that. It was, it was very humble. And um, yeah, this, this entire Tuck season was just people being just damn nice human beings and talking about not feelings. Like, I feel sad. I don't want to go home. It was, I've had such a good time. I know I'm going home. Cracker's like, you know, I'm sorry if I'm bringing down the mood because obviously she was disappointed. I think she was robbed, I've got to say. And I bet she was feeling it. But, you know, she's not that kind of queen. It's not fucking Eureka comes in. I should have won. I should have been tap free. Yeah. Well, you came out. You came out looking like a Christmas ornament. So, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, I agree it. with all of that. I thought it was a rather tame untucked, to be honest, this week. Uh, not too. It was, too a, much. it was a regular untucked. Yeah. It was just not like vixenized. Yes. <laughs> There's yeah. So uh, not too too much to talk about this week, but that's okay because we've already hit. We're at like the hour and a half point now. So for a normal oh my God, episode, it, flies it does fly. It does fly. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, Gotti, where can folks find you on the internet? You can find me Twitch streaming at Gottylicious. Um, I've also got my Twitter at Gotti underscore fatigue, which I haven't changed for the fifth time. And you should I try to get Gottylicious on on. Uh, Oh, I'm going to do that Twitch. right now. Yeah, or Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Jocelyn, when can people find you? I'll be at Godilicious. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> if you Search me there. Do it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at JossPlays. That's J-O-C-E plays. You can also find links to everything I do over at JossPlays.com. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. Stay safe. Don't do anything naughty. No, do everything naughty. No, what if you're kicking puppies is naughty? Are we condoning that? No, okay, no, no kicking puppies. No kicking do, puppies. Do stuff that's somewhat naughty, but also without breaking the rules. <laughs>